lot of wisdom and ethics in the Old Testament. Christ ratifies that by proving that God is who he says he is because he said he was going to do what he did in Christ and by proving that God is who he says he is through the person and work of Christ, then we are underscoring that God is the one who gets to tell us what ethical behavior is. Welcome to Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the Bible, the church, and the broader Christian faith. I'm Paige, and you're currently joining us in the middle of our in-depth series on the Sermon on the Mount. This study is different in that it is eight weeks with five daily episodes to help foster a deeper understanding of Jesus' words. If you would like to get the homework, more information about this series, hear past episodes, or access any of our free resources, you can find them all on our website, studywithfriends.org. Who's ready for day four? Are we ready? This day is deep and it's intense and there's a lot to do, so we're going to jump right in. But I'll say here and probably again at the end, The goal is not that we do this digital content and someone totally understands the relationship between Christ and the law, the relationship between Christ and the Old Testament. We're just going to do drops in the bucket. And the goal always of Study with Friends is for a listener, a viewer, a participant in any way to take what they get to small nuggets that we give you here and inspire you to go dig in and learn more on your own. So we are very aware of that during this particular day of study because we cannot dig as deeply into this topic as we'd like to. The homework does more. There's lots to do in the homework, so get the book. But the Bible does more. So if you have that, you're good to go. But this is something that, that we hope inspires people to dig deeper. And, and um, what we're looking for is to help people understand, oh, I look at the Old Testament completely different because of Christ. So I'm going to set that as our intention because it's important for us to understand that uh, so we don't feel lost along the way. We also call it a messianic reading of the Old Testament. So that's what we're going to do a little bit of. And so we're using Matthew 5.18, of course, from the Sermon on the Mount. We're on week four, day four. And the verse... 518 from the sermon, Jesus says, For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. And what I want us to understand, and you can agree or disagree, but this is how we're going to do this today, because I sometimes I get to invoke teacher privilege. So what we're going to do is really understand this in the context of Everything in the Old Testament is true. That's what Jesus is saying. Everything in the Old Testament is true. Nothing is set to the side because of Jesus. Now, of course, that's tied to what he said in verse 17. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. So these these two verses are intrinsically tied together. And that's how we understand 18. We understand 18 to be an expansion on 17, saying nothing in the Old Testament is untrue because of what I am. So the person and work of Christ which we know from hindsight, death on the cross, resurrection. Everything in the Old Testament has been, I I call it ratified by Christ. Everything in the Old Testament is true because of Christ. And we then can look back and say, oh, I see it perfectly now. I see it clearly now. One of the examples that I gave was, did you ever watch a movie or read a book where by the time you get to the end, you see something 
new. That was on the last episode. Uh, so in the last episode. So you see something new mm-hmm. that makes you want to go back and read it again. And that's what we're that's what we're playing with today. And we're going to look at three elements of Old Testament scripture and see how Christ ratifies those elements of the Old Testament. And and the reason that we're just doing that on an elemental level is because the truth is every single word of scripture from the Old Testament points to Christ, every single one. And I'll say this for a deeper study on how that all works. We did do a very lengthy, I want to say 50 some episode study of the entire Old Testament and how to read the Old Testament with a covenant understanding of what God had in mind all along. So if you want more, there's more content on studywithfriends.org. There's more content in the homework, but we're going to do a little bit of it here today because it's an important understanding of this passage that we're doing in week four. Okay, so we understand from the homework that that the Old Testament generally provides truth in three categories, doctrine, prophecy, and ethics. What is doctrine? Doctrine is instruction (laughs) about God, humanity, salvation, etc. Right, so it's instruction about those things. Yes. The creation. Christianity. The creator. Yeah. The way that the world works. The truth of God and his creation and all the things therein. Like the Ten Commandments, right? Yep. More people, just understanding humanity, understanding sin, understanding God. The the, the doctrine of God is dense, right? His eternality. So all those things are revealed to us in scripture. The Old Testament does a lot of that. Um, You were talking on an earlier episode about the holiness of God. That's Mm -hmm. That's an attribute of God revealed to us from the Old Testament. So that's doctrine. Mm-hmm. Something that is taught to us about things that we would not otherwise understand fully. Mm-hmm. Helpful? Yes. Okay. So, Marilyn, can you pick one of the passages from the homework and give your understanding of the doctrine that it teaches? I chose Jeremiah 10.8. So these are Old Testament passages teaching doctrine. Go ahead. And Jeremiah 10.8 says, They are all senseless and foolish. They are taught by worthless wooden idols. Um, the the first thing that came to me is the Ten Commandments that where God uh, God instructed Moses that you shall have no other gods before me, and you should not make any images or bow down and worship them. And this is basically saying that God is supreme and He's sovereign, and that we are to respect Him in that in that. Mm-hmm. So the doctrine of his supremacy. Right. Yeah, his uh, primacy. Okay. Can you read Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 and tell me if or how that, and I'm using the word ratify intentionally. So when I say ratify, what I mean is proves to be true, the Old Testament scripture. Um, so can you tell me um, if Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 uh, does work for you about the person and work of Christ ratifying Old Testament doctrine? Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. One of the things that, um, to paraphrase that, in the, in the past, Jesus, uh, in the past, God spoke through the prophets and in the since Jesus came, he's actually speaking in person. Mm-hmm. And again, Jesus is speaking as God. And so 
he's reinforcing the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And reinforcing all the doctrine of God. Yes. That he is eternal, that he is all knowing, that he is all powerful to, to overcome death, which is the most powerful force in our world. So he re- we, you took that one scripture, but just for a minute, let your imagination go wild and think about all the things you know about God and how they were confirmed to be true because of the person and work of Christ. And we always say that theo- theologians and, and Bible scholars, not that I'm professing to be one of those, I'm an aspiring theologian and Bible scholar. We always tuck those two things together, the person and work of Christ. And there's a reason we do that because those things should be thought of, of course, not completely separate. They're totally tied together, but we shouldn't only think of his work. We shouldn't only think of his person. People who only think of who he was might dismiss him as a teacher, a prophet, a great man, but not the savior. And someone who only thinks of him as the savior, to your point earlier, might say saved and done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't need to know anything else about Mm -hmm. what he stood for. Mm -hmm. So that's why we always use that that phrasing, the person and work of Christ. And that's why I intentionally just want to lift that up because it's intentional. Mm -hmm. And I would love us to adopt that as we try to examine how Christ in his person and work Mm -hmm. ratified the doctrines of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I said? Any questions about what I just said? Because that was a pretty theologically dense thing to say. Not anything, but I think we didn't actually say on camera what I said about the person of Jesus Christ and how the, you know, saved and done. Yeah, you know, do it. it is. Yeah, so, do it. You know, what I was expounding, not expounding, not to use that word, where did that come from? But anyway, what I was saying <laughs> is that, you were expounding, um, <laughs> is that we always think of Christ as our savior, which yes, he is definitely that, but he's so much more than yeah. that because he is the king of kings and Lord of lords. And not all prophecy about him was fulfilled in that act of being the Messiah, mm-hmm. there's more prophecy that yeah. we read about in Revelation that is to come when he comes yeah. in his glory that we also have to remember that part about him as well. I'm about to come to you for prophecy. So okay. that was a really good segue. Segway. But I will say one thing while you're, while you're pulling I'm, I'm your pretty, thoughts together I'm there. Good. Yeah. Um, I hate to put you on the spot, but Sophia wrote a blog when she was in seventh grade and it was a paper she wrote for school and it was so good. Mm. I was so proud of her. That I was like, can we use this as a blog? And she was like, I guess. But it was so profound, and it's exactly what you're saying. She said something like, I don't always even know what you're yeah, talking I'm gonna, about. Yeah, I remember. Mm-hmm. Moms remember. Mm-hmm. You said something. Uh, we were talking about school. I had picked you up from school, and we were just talking about the day. And you said, oh, we were doing something in uh, Bible class. And, and you said a really profound statement, and maybe you didn't even realize it at the time, but I tried to drill it in by reinforcing your, your statement. And... It's on the it's on the website if you need to go look at it again. But basically she said, we always talk about Jesus as our friend. Mm -hmm. But if we only think of him that way, that's really wrong. Mm -hmm. And that was a seventh grade understanding Mm -hmm. of what you're saying, which Mm -hmm. is we talk about Jesus. Oh, he's our friend, but he's so much more than our friend. And to think of him as just a friend is super reductive Mm -hmm. and and it's bad theology. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was, well, that, that reminded me of that. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the bay, about the babes, I'm going to just about. also say the value of a Christian education for That's a person true. to, mm. to, to ha- be thinking about that in seventh grade is pretty great. Okay. So let's talk about prophecy and in the context of Jesus context being of so much more than one of his attributes and God being so much more than one of his attributes, right? So God is love, but he's also justice, mm-hmm. right? 
you know? Right, exactly. Okay. So I uh, picked, this was a prophecy and a fulfillment in the New, uh, from Old to New Testament. So I am in Isaiah 35, 5 and 6 first. And it says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall the waters break out, and streams in the desert. And then the fulfillment of that is in Matthew chapter eleven, verses two and six. Oh, two through six. Sorry. Now, when John had heard in the prison of the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Are thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto him, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, and the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me." And so this goes back to the power of Christ to be able to make someone who is deaf hear, make someone who is blind see. That is like a phenomenal thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, it wasn't like he had, you know, some surgeons behind him or he had like some physical therapists behind <laughs> him. It was him being who he was in his power and in his might not necessarily in his glory or the, the the way people were expecting him to come back to be this ruler king thing. It was just him being who he is and being the powerful and everything loving and, and loving, loving mm -hmm. because he was healing these people yeah, from amen. their their adversity. So, yeah. I mean, that just kind of ties right in to that. <sighs> that, so. that passage is one of my favorites, actually, when John's disciples come and say, are you the one, are you who we thought we, you were? Or right. is there someone like... Because that Did goes we get back to something about what you I were saying that about passage. the Pharisees a little bit in that there were others and they're like, are you the one yeah, or yeah, do we, yeah. are, right. are, are we, we mistaken? Did, Did we, we get, get it wrong, it wrong this time? And so, they're yeah. asking, I mean, I'm not going to go too deep into the rabbit hole, but they're asking because John is in jail and they're distressed. Because it should have all gone the way that everyone thinks should be good. Well, that's the big universal message, right? Yeah. That we start to doubt when things aren't going our way and... It's easy for that to happen. It's easier for faith to falter. Like, where are you right now, God? When you see me needing you deeply and I can't find you. And that's what Jesus, it's such a, it's to me, it kind of mm. partners with the, the end of Job, which mm. is mm. where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? It's like, think bigger, child. Mm -hmm. This is not just about you. Mm. It's humbling. Yeah. And then also too, just but to it's also like comforting, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like if I can, change my perspective and yeah. say oh it isn't all about me it yeah. is all about him mm -hmm. and if my suffering glorifies him and and increases the kingdom or 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 reinforces the kingdom then let me do it yeah 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 mm -hmm. so that's a good one to pull from prophecy so um you can partner that old testament passage which one did you like better mark 115 or colossians 2 7 I to mark 1 okay let's do it so, so so again we're looking for the ways that the person and work of christ ratifies how he ratifies the old testament prophecy <laughs> well this one is kind of easy and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of god is at hand repent ye and believe the gospel so it's saying that the time is fulfilled. It's just saying that Christ is here to do all to embody someone who is obedient to the care, to, you know, the core of the law, like the heart of it. And mm -hmm. he shows us how we fail and how we need a savior. He's that savior and he encompasses everything that we need. Yeah. Repent. Yep. Yeah. I'm here. 
Yep. Change your thinking. That's and that's really the the gist of this passage. I didn't come to abolish it. I came to fulfill it. And everything in it is true because of me. Mm-hmm. Then the me there being Christ. Mm-hmm. Red letters. Okay. More about prophecy. Okay, we're skimming. We're skimming Old Testament concepts and how the person and work of Jesus Christ ratifies those concepts and doctrines and our complete understanding of of God and of ourselves of the Trinity and of ourselves. Okay, so do you want to do ethics for us? Yes. So I pick Psalms 25, verse 21. Here's what it says. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. And I think ugh, we were just talking about it before, so I feel like I don't know what else to say other than what you said. It's okay to reiterate because sometimes we need to hear things more than once to really let them sink in. 17, verse 17? Yes. But just like what we were saying is... Like I said that when we follow God, our hearts will follow and like our hearts will be more after him. But also, obviously, like we're not perfect. So we will fall out of that sometimes. So it's just like I think this is just like one of those like it's just like a reminder of that, like us falling out of it. Like we can always like turn back to God and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I think you need to say what you said. (laughs) I don't don't know. So the thing about ethics I think from my point of view, doctrine is easy to understand. It's not, it's not difficult to grasp how the doctrine of God that's, that's laid out in the Old Testament is ratified by the person and work of Christ. We did a tiny bit of that. Um, and you can dig into any attribute of God and, and show how Christ ratifies that. It proves it to be true. Mm-hmm. I said to really quickly, I said, he is love, love and, and he is justice, right? Yeah, justice. So he, he, we can't think of him in isolation. We have to try to wrap our tiny little minds around all the things that God is. He honors that. We will never fully do it, but he honors our attempts and he meets with, with, with us there. So that's a blessing. And Christ came to reveal the father. Yeah. So he came to help us better understand the father. And so the doctrine is pretty easy to conceptually understand how those things work together in Christ. The prophecy, I think we spend a lot of time on that in church, especially around Christmas and Easter, that we talk a lot about the prophecies that Christ fulfilled. It's interesting that the core concept of Matthew is Jesus as the fulfillment. Again, a study about that on Study with Friends if you want to go deeper. But ethics is a little trickier because we take these Old Testament ethics and, and, and we've dabbled in this it's important for us to do that in this week because ethics are so so closely tied to the law mm-hmm. when we think about the 10 commandments uh, those are ethical commandments don't kill people don't steal from people don't commit adultery don't covet things don't don't do those things and it's sometimes it's it's so ingrained in us these ethical behaviors of like what is right and wrong that we don't think about the source of ethics. The source of ethics is the creator. The creator who ordered this world intentionally and specifically. And if someone is murdered, we all feel that disorder. Mm -hmm. That's not right. Mm -hmm. And so when we think of Old Testament ethics that we learn, and they're not just limited to the Ten Commandments, they're all over the Old Testament. The prophets were dealing with all kinds of craziness. I mean, just read the book of Judges. So the ethics are very concise in the, the Ten Commandments, but not limited to the Ten Commandments. The whole Old Testament, Proverbs, Psalms, there's a lot of wisdom and ethics in the Old Testament. 
Christ ratifies that by proving that God is who he says he is because he said he was going to do what he did in Christ and by proving that God is who he says he is through the person and work of Christ, then we are underscoring that God is the one who gets to tell us what ethical behavior is and yeah. is not. And and if you ask someone, like, why is murder wrong? And you keep pressing in, like, oh, it's wrong to take somebody's life. Why? Why? Mm-hmm. You can't really give an answer. Like, uh, I, I, you don't really know why other than it just is. Mm-hmm. And th- I think that's because, like, God created us. And he is the author of what is right and wrong. Right. And that that's in us. C.S. Lewis does a lot of work on how that law lives in us because God created us in his image. Mm-hmm. And of course, as we are, as our hearts are transformed by the person and work of Christ, that transformation is rooted in bearing his image more closely. Mm-hmm. And the ethics fall under that yeah. and, right. and all so much of what we're about to do in the next weeks on murder, adultery, divorce, oaths, eye for an eye, loving enemies, giving to the needy. So it's really important that we understand during this week, how that casts its influence on mm. the rest of the sermon on the Mount yeah. and really on all of kingdom living. And I think, yeah, and I think it's fair to say as well that the closer you're following God and, and the more you're putting him first, you become more sensitive to those things. Yes. Yeah. Because again, we're more closely bearing the image, the image of, of God. Christ. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. Okay. There's uh, one or two passages, the Galatians 4, 4 and 5, or Matthew 3, 3 to 15, 13 to 15. Do you want to grab one of those? Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't like. Well, I mean. one of them. Yeah. You, if you want. Okay. Let's see. Or we can just leave that to the homework. I really think, let me look at the Galatians one. Yeah, okay, I'll look at the Matthew one then. We really said it, but, uh, you know, it's good for us to say things, but it's better for the Bible to say them. Mm -hmm. So I always try to find some biblical influence. Um, I'll read Galatians 4, 4 and 5. Okay. Do you want me to read the Matthew one? Sure. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Go ahead and read your Matthew. And then Matthew 3, 13 to 15 says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John, John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me. But John, ans- but Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it, it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And then he left. Yeah. So righteousness mm-hmm. being um, pretty closely tied to obedience, to yeah. ethics, to aligning with the kingdom, uh, adhering to the guidelines, mm-hmm. respecting the boundaries, however mm-hmm. you want to phrase that. There is a kingdom way of living. Yeah. And ethics are a huge part of that. We're going to do a ton of work on that in the next several weeks. That's what we're going to focus on. Jesus took an enormous part of the sermon to talk about how we should um, interact and engage with the culture, giving to the needy, fasting. These are all things that are actually based in ethics. And so even though it's a little high and lofty to Mm -hmm. think about how the Old Testament uh, defined ethics and Jesus ratified those ethics. It's important for us to build that foundation as we go forward in study.
Thanks again for joining us today on Study with Friends. We hope that you've found some deep truths that will strengthen your walk with Jesus. We here at Study with Friends are modeled more like a small group, and we encourage you to find one through your local church. Make sure to find a church where the Bible is taught in every situation. Study with Friends is a completely donor-supported organization. If you've been blessed by our ministry, would you consider donating? Monthly partnerships are particularly helpful, but no amount is too small. We also love to hear from you. You can stay connected on all the major social media platforms or by email. You can find links to all of these on our website, studywithfriends.org. If you've missed an episode and are out on the go, you can catch them on any streaming platform like iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, or you can catch the ladies via video on YouTube. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time when we study with friends.